Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the CGF Sustainability Podcast. In this series, we take a deep dive into all things sustainability, from forced labour to plastic waste and the circular economy, to food waste, forests and so much more. Hello, my name is Madeline Vanderhaden and I'm your host for today's episode of the CGF Sustainability Podcast Series. In this episode, you'll hear a live conversation between myself and Anna Terrell, head of environment at Tesco, straight from the CGF's 2022 Global Summit, which was held in June in Dublin, Ireland. Anna is the co-lead of the Forest Positive Coalition's Landscape Engagement Working Group, so we sat down to take a deep dive into just what it means exactly to drive forest positive outcomes in production landscapes worldwide. Let's get started. So welcome to the CGF Sustainability Podcast series. Today I am so pleased to be sitting in person with Anna Terrell here at the CGF Global Summit in Dublin, Ireland. Anna is actually my first in-person podcast guest, so that's a very extra special episode today. Anna, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much, Madeline. Um, hi, everyone. It's very exciting to be here in person in Dublin at the CGF Global Summit. Um, so my name is Anna, and I am Group Head of Environment for Tesco. And Tesco is the uh, UK's largest retailer, but we also have operations in Central Europe, Republic of Ireland, and businesses uh, across the group around the world. Awesome. Thank you for that introduction. So, Anna, we have been working together for a couple of years now because you are the co-lead of the Landscape Engagement Working Group of the Forest Positive Coalition. So you, can you tell us what is the Forest Positive Coalition's ambition around production landscape engagement and how does it fit into the coalition's theory of change? What does the coalition consider to be a forest positive initiative? So that's a great question. Um, maybe I'll, I'll take a step back. So the Forest Positive Coalition has been in existence now for a little while. We've grown a membership. We have 21 companies now involved across kind of global brands and retailers. And the central um, focus of the Forest Positive Coalition is very much about how we can deliver on forest positive outcomes. And this builds on quite a, I guess, a long-standing position and desire to um, eliminate deforestation from our forest risk commodity supply chains. So within the context of the coalition, that's palm oil, beef, soy, pulp paper, and fiber-based packaging. And the work that we do within the Landscapes Working Group is very much at the forefront of how we transform the way we work together as companies within food uh, production value chains or within the commodity uh, production value chains. At the heart of the ambition of the landscapes working group and very much tied to the kind of theory of broader theory of change of the coalition is our ambition to transform production landscapes across those four commodities into forest positive landscapes by 2030 and do that across an area that is of equivalent size to the total production-based footprint of those 21 member companies. So this is really about how do we engage and work collaboratively side-by-side as as companies working with stakeholders in those production-based landscapes to transform uh, production landscape systems 
so that they are very much focused on delivering positive outcomes for people and communities through better livelihoods, uh, better agricultural farming practices, looking at how we conserve, restore and protect those natural ecosystems and in particular the forests that we are so dependent upon and really looking at the role that nature also plays within that context. So how do we make sure that we can not only just be forest positive, but how we can also be nature positive ultimately. That's that's what we're here for. So it's quite multifaceted, but it's highly interconnected. And this centerpiece of having that ambition to transform production-based landscapes by 2030 um, is really much at the the heart at the center of what we do as a landscapes working group. Thank you for that. And it's it's really interesting work that you're doing that makes up a really big part of our theory of change, which is looking beyond companies' individual supply chains and into the actual ecosystems, communities that are essentially the foundation for your businesses, because all of our member companies rely on essentially the planet and its natural resources to make the the goods that we all love and and buy and use so it's pretty innovative in that sense and kind of like that that kind of broader looking objective so in the development of our landscape engagement strategy which we launched last year at cop 26 in glasgow very exciting what have been some key challenges learnings you know, interesting best practices that you've learned perhaps individually or maybe that's have come up for the landscape working group as a whole in the development of this of this strategy, which which may be new to some companies. So I think the starting point has very much been that we're all coming at this from slightly different places, uh, whether that's in terms of our um, existing engagements within production landscapes, uh, the investment and the resource that we are putting into these production landscapes in order to secure sustainable uh, the, the sourcing of sustainable commodities or it's really more fundamental about how we are thinking about what that theory of change looks like and our role as individual companies within it um, and so that really is the background that's the context we're all starting in slightly different places um, and that's not a manufacturer manufacturer versus retailer thing that's a at an individual company level, all in different places. So that brought with it, I think, quite an interesting set of challenges in itself because what we needed to do was all get onto the same page and have a common understanding of what our collective ambition looked like, the journey to deliver on that ambition and the principles behind which we stand so that going forwards, as we move as individual companies and we are engaging in those production-based landscapes, we're doing so in a way that's consistent, that enables us to demonstrate the transformatory impact we have over time, and also that en- enables us to create line of sight between what happens on the ground and how that ladders up into delivering on ultimately the Forest Positive Coalition's um, ambition and theory of change. So it, it's, it's almost a, a bit of a matrix, I guess, that we have created in order to give us that structure and to facilitate that change. But, but it's absolutely right to say that we are still relatively early days in our journey. You mentioned that we launched the, the ambition Um, the commitment at COP26 in Glasgow last year. We've done a ton of work in the background just to get us to that uh, launch moment, including understanding um, and getting a handle on what our production-based footprint looks like as a a group of companies. Um, And that 
work continues to iterate, right? So we are very much in the learning phase of our journey at the moment. That learning phase runs through to the end of 2023, during which time we are identifying um, investment opportunities within production-based landscapes. We're also identifying and defining what high priority landscapes mean for that group of companies. Um, we're looking at how we can take the work that we're doing within the landscapes working group and scale it through other strategic partnerships or alliances that are already working in some of these spaces that we're looking at. So it's very much kind of about really rethinking the rules of the game, making sure that we've got rules, principles that we all can line up behind, and then moving forward in a way that gives us the information and the understanding and the learning that we need and feeding it back in so that we're able to continue to iterate and evolve our thinking and our approach over time. And I, and I guess, you know, coming back to your question, what that's done is it's unlocked a lot of understanding around where we can, where those common opportunity spaces are. It's also told us a lot about how we need to work differently together and also it's challenging us to actually push ourselves harder as companies in understanding and getting our arms around the realities of our own production-based supply chains and you know that's that's going to continue but but it's certainly been an exciting start to the journey. Well I think one of the things that I find the most interesting and fascinating about this work is exactly as you say is understanding these realities of your relationship to these production landscapes. So really tracing back from, you know, if you're a manufacturer, the products that you make, if it's a retailer, the products that you sell and actually where they come from. Um, and the other part I think that's really interesting is also, as you mentioned, is the alignment between everyone's understandings of how they can make an impact. Uh, and that's what kind of the that's where the collaboration aspect comes in and why that's so important is because all of the companies want to um, you know support these initiatives on the ground support these forest positive people positive nature positive climate positive outcomes but it's important that we have a common understanding of what that actually looks like and so kind of merging those two things all of this is is forgive the pun but so grounded in the lived experiences of people in these communities, the actual ecosystems there. So can you share with us an example of, you know, of an initiative that Tesco has supported or the an initiative that the coalition has supported and kind of give us an idea of what are these initiatives like in these production landscapes? What are they trying to achieve and how, is, how are they making that happen? So we have now got a learning portfolio of initiatives that we've established as a, um, as a coalition. That learning portfolio uh, encompasses a number of different landscape initiative, landscape level initiatives uh, in different uh, sourcing countries across the four priority commodities. And some of those landscape initiatives have been relatively longstanding. They have built upon early investment and engagement from some of our member companies, such as we've seen within Indonesia in the palm oil supply chain, and are very much looking at how we bring the local communities closer into the 
decision-making process within the context of how we are sourcing within those production-based landscapes, looking at the role of local government in being a key strategic partner on the ground to, to facilitate the changes that we need to see over the longer term, as well as then restoring nature in food production um, in that, that landscape. Um, that portfolio of learning initiatives is going to continue to evolve as we learn from the engagement and the investments that we are making as companies and as a coalition. Um, and as more of those uh, landscape initiatives uh, come online. So it's a very living organic process. And there are some areas where we also need to kind of plug some gaps. So I think it's fair to say that palm oil, for example, is a bit more well established in terms of the landscape initiatives that are available and the organizations and partners who are present on the ground to be able to facilitate the, um, the level of engagement and investment from coalition members. Other commodities are a little bit newer. So beef, for example, is the newest commodity within the Forest Positive Coalition. It's taken a little bit longer to work through the development of the roadmap for that commodity. And therefore, we're still kind of working through then what that means in terms of landscape level um, initiatives. However, that being said, we have established a set of principles for collective action, 10 principles. And those principles actually underpin however we, uh, whichever landscape we choose to invest and engage and, and work within. And one of the principles is that at least one of, one or if not more, of those commodities, those four priority commodities, have got to be present within that landscape to be able to really demonstrate that we are able to transcend individual commodity supply chain practices and actually are looking at how we work almost latitudinally across those landscapes in a way that we haven't done before because actually adjacent to our commodity supply chains the issues that are manifesting are, they are oftentimes quite similar or overlapping and so there's a lot of learnings that we can we can take from that in terms of what tesco is doing so we are because we're a retailer we have a different uh, relationship or set of relationships with our um, supply chains manufacturers tend to within the coalition tend to have uh, more direct uh, relationships particularly into their agricultural um, ingredient supply chains and some of which have more concentrated uh, agricultural supply chain, so less commodities to, to focus on. As a retailer, we have incredibly diverse, complex, uh, multi-ingredient supply chains, and we have to work through those manufacturing supply chain partners to be able to get back to those landscapes of origin that we're talking about. So the way that we're looking at this is, is a little bit different at the moment. Um, the work that we're doing is focusing predominantly on soy and soy in Brazil, because that is our greatest deforestation risk commodity, if you like. And specifically within that, what we're doing is we are investing in a new initiative that seeks to leverage the power of the market at a domestic level at a sub-regional level to incentivize Brazilian soy farmers to not only keep the forest standing but to regenerate uh, old land 
and to follow sustainable agricultural practices and to also then do that within the context of an environment that respects fundamental human rights, that looks at the role that the local communities are playing and respects rights within that context. And it does that by incentivizing farmers, by providing preferential lending rates on agricultural inputs. So whilst it probably sits slightly adjacent to perhaps some of the, the more classical landscape initiatives within our learning portfolio, I think it is representative and um, it's an interesting example to include because it is, for the first time, getting the end of the food value chain, i.e. retailers such as Tesco, to directly invest in production landscapes in a way that retail hasn't done before because there hasn't been that incentive, there hasn't been that connectivity and the ability to influence and leverage or engage. And that's what makes it really interesting. And we're doing so alongside a few other companies, retailer companies, including members of the um, Landscapes Working Group, uh, which is exciting. So, so that's where we are. There will be more to come. And I think, you know, the other commodity supply chains will continue to be really important. But as we evolve, we learn from this. We'll also feed that back so that we can continue to stay really on the front foot of the changes that we need to bring about. Thank you for sharing that. And it's really interesting. And, and all of the initiatives that are included in that landscape portfolio are listed on the CGF website. So if anyone listening is interested to see which initiatives that the coalition has identified for that collective action, please go in and, and see the, the incredible work that they're doing. But Anna, so, I mean, we're sitting here at the Global Summit and you just shared, you know, for example, what Tesco is doing. And I've just caught up with you after you participated in a panel session about the rise of the chief sustainability officer. And CSOs are responsible for driving sustainability within an organization. But as you were just explaining, with landscape engagement, our coalition believes that there's also a responsibility to drive those sustainable outcomes um, on the ground, you know, beyond the supply chains. And um, as you also mentioned, you know, this is relatively new for some for some companies and there may not have been an opportunity to have that direct impact before. So maybe if you're speaking to companies that are new to this idea, why is it so important that you participate in this, participate, support, scale up these important initiatives? So fundamentally, we all share the same supply chains. They may cut slightly differently, look slightly different, but fundamentally, we're all in the same space. And so why wouldn't we work together? Right, because particularly now, arguably more than any time recently, we as companies are looking for ways that we can find efficiency, ways that we can maximize the impact we have and do that within the context of either challenging uh, commercial environments or um, you know, competing pressures on other agendas. And so, Pragmatically, there's a massive opportunity for companies that want to lean in and uh, engage in the Forest Positive Coalition and in the Landscapes Working Group because we're kind of presenting a ready set of initiatives and opportunities to engage in. And probably for most listening that aren't currently um, involved, there will be some overlap, there will be some commonality, whether it's in the sourcing uh, country 
whether it's in the high priority commodity focus, whether it's in the specific activity that the landscape initiatives that we've got within the portfolio are focusing on aligns with what you may be looking for uh, or looking to do. So, so practically, it's kind of a it's low hanging fruit, I guess. Um, but more than that, this is an opportunity to actually own a new narrative and to do so through learning by doing. So historically, I think companies have, you know, we've made some great commitments some bold ambitions. We talk a lot about the importance of um, very sustainability agendas, including how we eliminate deforestation from, from forest risk commodity supply chains. But we've rightly also been called out on the fact that we haven't delivered quick enough on those commitments, right? And so what we're doing now by changing the way in which we work together to tackle those same shared issues and doing so underpinned by a common commitment, understanding and ambition is we're actually better able to leverage the collective power, the voice, the influence, not only of what our companies can bring to bear in engaging in those production-based landscapes, but also in terms of how we face into key stakeholders, whether that's government as we look at emerging regulation and legislation, which is coming, particularly in kind of demand-side countries in Europe, in the UK, elsewhere, um, or it's as we engage and continue to engage with civil society, who is rightly kind of expecting us to move quicker um, and go harder at meeting our deforestation commitments. Um, or it's about how we change the game and how we work smarter with producer countries, producer communities in particular within those production landscapes. Why wouldn't we do this together? Because we can have such, we can have much greater impact and our ability to demonstrate and articulate tangible progress and impact on the ground is greater. For me, that is, it makes it a no brainer as to why you wouldn't get involved. Um, but if anyone is interested, I'd really encourage you to reach out to, um, to the coalition to us, uh, to those involved, if you want to know more. As I said, we're all in different pl places on our journeys. There is no wrong place to be. Just just make a start. So long story short, it, it just makes sense, basically. <laughs> and, and, I'll, and I'll just say that you're doing a great job. Maybe you should join our membership team at the CGF recruiting, <laughs> recruiting for the Forest Positive Coalition. But yes, definitely, if you're listening and, and want to learn more, Anna is a great resource, and we love to um, welcome more members to the coalition. So just as our last question for our conversation today, um, I'm going to assume that as the co-lead of this working group that you find this work interesting and you're motivated and inspired by it. Um, but on a more personal note, I'm, I'm just curious, you know, as a sustainability professional, you've been in this field for, for a long time. What keeps you inspired and motivated to keep going, keep innovating, keep learning? People. So I got into this space a long time ago because I was always passionate about people and I was passionate about wanting to make a difference and have an impact and it's people's energy 
working on the issues that we're working on that gives me energy. Um, and it's that energy coupled with new ideas and uh, innovation and challenge of the status quo that is super exciting. Like, I, I just think we're now moving at such pace. There is so much change in the world, whether it's change that we expect and want or not, that we have no other choice than to innovate, to ideate, to challenge, to engage. And so that's what, that's what gets me excited, keeps me going. And that's why I think this, uh, the Landscapes Working Group within the Forest Positive Coalition is so interesting because it really is doing something that we haven't really done before in the way that we're doing it. And we're all in it together. Um, and that's really cool. Lana, thank you so much for ending on such a, a positive note, a forest positive note, and of course, driving home that message of, of collaboration and connection. So Anna, thank you so much for this conversation, for this chat, and again, for being my first in-person podcast guest. It's been an absolute pleasure. Brilliant. Thanks so much, Madeline. If you would like to find out more about the Consumer Goods Forum and our work on sustainability, you can visit our website at www.theconsumergoodsforum.com. If you enjoyed this episode, please do subscribe to the podcast for more episodes coming very soon. Thank you and bye for now.